0: What are we discussing on today's Locked on Dimebacks podcast? Can Corbin Carroll be the best player in D-backs franchise history? Which two D-backs showed up on the Athletics All Under 25 team? And should the D-backs pull off a trade for Red Sox superstar Rafael Devers! Yeah. Welcome into the Locked on Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to who? Your charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas 24myportfoliocom i On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe to Locked on Dimebacks on YouTube. We are slowly approaching 1,000 subscribers, want to hit that mark before opening day. Big goal of mine, so please hit subscribe to Locked on Dimebacks on YouTube. Now for today's show, we're going to be talking about, should the D-backs pull off a trade for Red Sox superstar Rafael Devers, which two D-backs showed up on the Athletics All Under 25 team? And can Corbin Carroll be the best D-back in franchise history? Before we get into the pod, I first want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today. You'll get $150 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. I'll jump right into the Locked On backs podcast let's answer the question, can Corbin Carroll be the best D-back in franchise history? Because there is one Diamondbacks legend that posed this question the other day and answered the question himself because he does believe Carroll can be the best player in franchise history. And that is Diamondbacks legend Luis González. Gonzo, of course, star of the 01 World Series, had some phenomenal seasons here out in the desert. He is if anyone's going to make the claim of who could be the best Dimeback ever, there's only like three, four, five guys I would even listen to from the D-backs franchise history that I think even have the credibility to answer this question. And Gonzo is on that very, very, very short list. So when Gonzo says Corbin Carroll can be the best player in franchise history, I'm going to listen to that because Gonzo is one of the best players to ever wear a D-backs uniform and to wear a baseball uniform in general. And the reason why Gonzo, believes Corbin Carroll can be maybe the best player in franchise history is because there was a day when he went in there late afternoon the team had already cleared out everyone had already gone home except for one guy still working out in the locker room Corbin Carroll and he asked Carroll why is it that you're still here and Carroll responded by saying I'm just trying to get every I'm just trying to get better every day man and that is the kind of response that showed Luis Gonzalez that Corbin Carroll Rookie put up historic numbers. Rookie led this team to the World Series, and he's still trying to get better. He's still first one in, last one out. Gonzo believes Corbin Carroll can be the greatest D-back ever. And I think when you're comparing Carroll to the greatest D-backs ever, it's definitely a possibility because the list of the greatest D-backs ever is not that deep. When you look at who's because I'm going to tell you who's the top five D backs ever, I think this is a locked in consensus. As when you do the honorable mentions for the best D backs ever, like Keto Marte is like probably the sixth best D back ever, which is kind of crazy. Like the short list of best D backs ever is not that high. Marte's already third for war among position players for all D backs in franchise history. So these are the top five D backs. I believe consensus in franchise history, and I think Corbin McCarroll can definitely crack this top five one day because when you look at the top five, number one, I think locked in Randy Johnson. I don't think anyone is going to argue or disagree with that. Tied for second, I have... Paul Goldschmidt, and Luis Gonzalez, fourth, I have Brandon Webb, and then fifth, I have Kurt Schilling, and again, you could probably tie Kurt Schilling or Brandon Webb, whatever you want, I think Brandon Johnson's clear number one, and I think tier two is Goldie Gonzo, and I think tier three is probably that Webb, Schilling, but honestly, you could maybe put Schilling on Gonzo's level, it just depends how much you value that playoff postseason run, where he, uh, of course, shared the honors of Randy Johnson for that World Series MVP because when you go through all these guys like Randy is of course I think the best talent on the list by far for Cy Young's with the D-backs in the World Series MVP of course but Randy Johnson was a mercenary in his career he did go to a lot of teams so when you think about the greatest D-backs ever he's the greatest individual talent but it's not like he's a D-back like he won a bunch of accolades won the World Series but when the D-backs acquired Randy Johnson, when they signed him, he was 35 years old, so he's not exactly like he's a homegrown guy, right? Goldie and Gonzo, I had neck and neck in my eyes, uh, mostly because of their offensive skills. You look at war, they were neck and neck. Goldie, by the stats, was slightly better offensively, but both of them similar offensive players. Stats say Goldie slightly better. Gonzo has the ring, so I... I I have them tied for second. Brandon Webb, number four on my list. Elite homegrown pitcher, but only good from the ages of 24 to 29. Then, of course, Kurt Schilling. A lot of off-the-field issues since he's left the game, but can't deny what he did for the D-backs. He only pitched for the D-backs for three and a half seasons, so really not that long of a sample size. Came over at age 33, so like a Randy Johnson, Elite, elite ceiling when he came to the D backs helped us win the World Series, but again, came over mid career, another mercenary type pitcher. Like, when you think of the greatest D backs players ever, I just gave you. The consensus locked in top five. Like, seriously, go look at any D backs leaderboard you want and tell me that's not the top five D backs I just listed for you because it definitely is. And looking at that top five, three of the five greatest D backs are mercenaries: Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, and Luis Gonzalez. Like we look at those guys hall of fame and we look at those guys' hall of fame plaques, if they do have any or, you know, eventually if they ever get one, you're going to say, you know what? There's a lot of teams on these plaques, and maybe they're wearing the D-backs hat on the bus, but that is not a guarantee. Maybe for Randy Johnson, maybe for Gonzo, but I don't know about Kurt Schilling. So you look at the five greatest D-backs ever, three of them are mercenaries. And then all of them didn't spend more than eight seasons with the D-backs, if you could think about that. Gonzo spent eight seasons with the D-backs, Uh, Goldie spent eight seasons with the D-backs. Did you know Gonzo actually played more games than Goldie for the D-backs, which sounds insane. It feels like Goldie played 15 years for the D-backs, but he actually played less games than Gonzo and only played eight years. Randy Johnson played eight years. Brandon Webb was like six, seven years. Like, Kurt Schilling was three and a half. Like, when you think about the five greatest D-backs ever, they never even spent 10 years in Arizona. That's why that's why I think Carroll definitely can be in that top five and potentially as high as number two on the list because he's got all the talent. It just depends how long can he maintain it for and what else can he add to his resume because he's already got a World Series appearance under his belt, right? That's something Randy Johnson and Curt Schilling and Gonzo did. They, of course, won the World Series, but they all got there. At least they all have at least a playoff appearance and Corbin Carroll did do that in his rookie season. He wasn't mid-30s like Randy Johnson, Gonzo, and Kurt Schilling when they all got to the World Series for the D-backs. Like, for Corbin Carroll, if he can play 12 or more years with the D-backs, maintain his current level, and sprinkle in some more playoff appearances, I think he will have a strong case to be number one among all-time D-backs. Randy might always be the most talented But he won't be the most D backiest. I know that's not a real word, but Corbin Carroll is definitely more, definitely more, more D backy than a Randy Johnson. The D backs have produced homegrown stars, but not ones that stick around and not ones that have success with the club. So far, Corbin Carroll in year one has done it all. And if he can continue this for the next decade plus, then I think he will be the greatest diamondback ever now we're going to talk about which two d-backs were on the athletics all under 25 team but if you want to catch some d-backs games this spring training The best place to buy your tickets is going to be Game Time of course because Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. is the best place to find last minute seats. With Zone Deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for big time savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account or redeem code LOCKEDON for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Let's And let's discuss the two D-Backs players that were on the Athletics all-under-25 team. Because if you can believe it, the Athletic dropped an all-under-25 team and included two Arizona Dimebacks, which I don't know if it's surprising or not for you guys. Because some of the players on this under-25 team, Julio Rodriguez, Gunnar Henderson, Bobby Witt, Roy Royce Lewis, Evan Carter, Tristan Cassis, Matt McLean, Yuri Perez. Those are eight of the top 10. But there were also two D-backs in that top 10. Number one, Corbin Carroll, the number one ranked player under 25 years old. And at number nine, Gabriel Moreno. The D-backs are getting rewarded, and they're getting some recognition. When I first looked at this list, I was like, no Adley Rushman. They go check it. He is 26 years old. Corbin Carroll, 22-23. Gabby Miranda, 23-24. The D-backs have some young studs on the list. Carroll, number one. Number two, Julio Rodriguez. Like we said on yesterday's pod, I love that. I think Carroll is slightly better than Julio Rodriguez. I think he's already done more in his career from both the plate and team success. And so I think Carroll has to be number one on this list. And then Moreno, as a catcher, being number nine on this list ahead of a guy like Yuri Perez, like that is tremendous because that is showing you that Moreno is already a game changer and is still growing into one as well. If Moreno can get that bat an offensive arsenal up, like we already know he's an elite defensive catcher, throwing out guys, shielding the plate like Moreno, was great at that last year. Very good contact skills as well, 284 average. But if he can take that 284 average and maybe go to 300, Maybe take that OBP up, the slugging up, go from a 284 average guy to a 300 average, 800 OPS guy, maybe add a little bit more pop in that bat, get to 15 home runs with the defense he still has. Moreno can do that. Moreno does have a pathway to being the best player at his position. There is a world where Gabriel Moreno is the best catcher in the league. Now you might think that's impossible with a guy like Adley Rushman, and Rushman's probably going to be the best catcher in the league. But I do think there is a world where Moreno could also be the best, maybe at least in the National League, and if not, probably at least a top three to five catcher in his position in all of Major League Baseball. And if you tell me Moreno's ceiling is the fourth best catcher in the majors, I think every D-backs fans would be happy with that considering Dalton Varsho's struggles. And we get Lord's Gurriel in the deal, which is a really solid outfielder. That deal ended up being an absolute steal for the D-backs. But seeing two D-backs on this list, like seeing Corbin Carroll as the under 25 star in baseball you would want to build around. I think it's just crazy to think about because as D-backs fans, we're always like throughout Major League franchise history, like or throughout Major League Baseball history, like we're always a franchise that gets looked over. Our stars are never talked about nationally, right? How many years was Paul Goldschmidt one of the most underrated first baseman in the league? Year after year, top three MVP finishes and just like no one considered him like a top ten to twenty major leaguer, despite a lot of the numbers saying, you know what? This guy Goldie might be one of the ten best players in major league baseball, a first baseman that could hit for power, 30-plus stolen bases, 100-plus RBIs, and also can run 30 stolen bases multiple times. Like He is a rare breed elite defense as well. He could do it all five to a player, but he just wasn't ever really talked about, and it's because the D-backs were always rudderless and not that good, but now you see D-backs on all these lists, the under-25 team, we see MLB top 100, a whole bunch of D-backs in their top 100, Christian Walker right there neck and neck with Vlad Guerrero Jr. in the in the player power ranking. Like D-backs players are finally getting some recognition, and it's because the D-backs are finally good. Zach Allen was pretty under the radar until this year when the D-backs got good. Like, to be honest, Zach Allen's Cy Young Award season was 2022. He did not deserve to win with how Sandy Alcantara pitched, but I definitely think number five in Cy Young voting was actually way too low for Zach Allen in 2022. I actually think if the D-backs had a good record, Zach Allen would have finished as a Cy Young finalist, but because the D-backs were not good, I don't think he got that recognition. People now know who Christian Walker is because he's an elite defensive and power hitting first baseman, but it's because the D-backs are good. He's been a power hitter. He's been an elite defensive first baseman for a while. MLB Network put up a graphic today, most outs above average at first base since 2019. It's like Christian Walker by double the next guy, which is a Paul Goldschmidt. But no one would know how good his defense or power hitting has been Until this year, because the D-backs finally got good. Merrill Kelly has been a dog for a while now. Really underrated number two pitcher. And until the D-backs got good this year and made to the postseason, no one knew Merrill Kelly had that dog in him. You didn't know Merrill Kelly was that dude that you would want in the NLCS against Philly. In the World Series against the Rangers. Merrill Kelly was that shut down. And just like Paul Goldschmidt, no one knew he had MVP potential in him until you put him on a good team. And as soon as he goes to the Cardinals and puts up the same numbers that he did with the D-backs, he wins the MVP. And now he's starting to get so much more love than what he got when he was in Arizona. If Carol and Moreno did what they did last year, but the D-backs won like 70 games. I don't know if they're 1-9 on this list. Carroll's probably still top 5, but is Gabriel Moreno a top 10, under 25 guy? If he puts up his stats last year on a crappy D-backs team, I don't know. Part of the reason the D-backs were good this past year is because those youngins were way better than expected. And because of that, they Earned their spots on this list. Moreno and Carroll moving forward are two really good pieces that D-backs fans can wrap their arms around, wrap their arms around, and feel good about for the next few years, for the next ten years. I mean, Carroll's locked up. I imagine Moreno's going to be locked up when his time comes around. Like the D-backs are a super young homegrown team, and it's nice to get some recognition from. A media outlet like the athletic for recognizing our young talent. And I don't think Carol and Moreno are going to be the last two on that under-25 team because a guy like Jordan Lawler, maybe he joins it in a year or two. Maybe Brandon Fott joins that list this year if he has a phenomenal season after coming off a little bit postseason success. Maybe Alec Thomas with that wicked defense, all of a sudden, whoa, 15 home runs, 20 plus stolen bases. Where did that come from? So The D-backs are cooking in AZ and the league is finally taking notice. Moreno, Carroll, two players under 25 on the all under 25 list with Carroll being the number one player in Major League Baseball they want to build around. A crazy thing to say if you've been covering the D-backs for a long time. Now we'll talk about a crazy trade scenario that I have. Should the D-backs trade for Red Sox superstar Rafael Devers? That's what we'll talk about in segment number three. But if you think that trade will put the D-backs over the top for the 2024 World Series, then why not place a little futures bet on the D-backs right now before their odds drop? Because get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. My favorite thing to do is the same-game parlay that's not live. The pregame same-game parlay whenever the Lakers are playing a mediocre team. Give me AD over in points, AD over in rebounds, and that Lakers my line. That money line leg of the parlay has been hitting a lot more recently, which means a lot more money in my account. And if you want money in your account, just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the Lockdown on podcast. Let's talk about my wild trade scenario because there is no rumors. There's nothing me reporting here. This is just me and my wild speculation of what I think the D-backs should do because one, I will admit, again, I told you guys I grew up as a Red Sox fan. Rafael Devers is my favorite non-D-backs player. So for one, I want Devers on the D-backs because it would make me the fan, very happy. I actually share a birthday with Rafael Devers, so I'm not biased about it. And the reason why I think it is possible potentially for the D-backs to get Rafael Devers is because it sounds like he's getting pretty frustrated with his situation in Boston. He's come out with comments recently where he's just being open and candid about the front office, not being aggressive enough, not doing enough to put good pieces around him, and he feels like the front office and the ownership group is looking toward the future. That's got me wondering, is Rafael Devers looking toward the future? Just signed a massive contract, but Maybe he wants out of Boston with the direction they're going. And why not come to sunny Arizona with a young team on the rise? And the reasons as to why the D-back should do it are very easy. He's young. He's a stud. And there's already a connection. Rafael Devers has been in Major League Baseball for seven years already. So you'd be like, oh man, how old is this guy? Like 30, 31? Rafael Devers just Turned 27 years of age. Devers broke into the big leagues at 20 years old, and he has been one of the baby faces in Major League Baseball for quite some time now. Boston sports athletes have a lot of these guys. Tatum, I mean, he's been in the league for like 15 years, he's only 14 years old somehow. Devers turned 27 back on October 24th, my birthday debuted at age 20, Devers has been in the game for a very long time. And because of that, only being 27 years old, fits the D-backs timeline perfectly, right? As we always say, we're a young team. But we also have a lot of players in their mid-20s, late-20s, early-30s, and Rafael Devers would just fit in perfectly. Him, uh, Devers, Carroll, Marte, Moreno, as like your core four is pretty sweet, Obviously, there's other guys that you want to add into that core. Hopefully, a guy like Jordan Lawler can be a part of that core or Drew Jones can be a part of that core if they get called up and hit their ceiling. Like, Obviously, you want that core to be deeper than four. Obviously, you would want a guy like Alec Thomas to hopefully get better. Maybe someone like Christian Walker sticks around. But I always look at lineups as like, who's your best four players? To me, that's how I always look at it in the lineup. Who's your top four guys? Who's your four best guys? And for the D-backs, if their core four is Carroll, Devers, Marte, and Moreno for the next five seasons, I think that's a pretty strong core four in Major League Baseball and one that could definitely lead to some sustainable winning. Devers has been a power machine throughout his tenure with the Boston Red Sox. When you go and look at a stat cast littered with red, you would think you're at a stop sign, a stop signal, because there is red everywhere. Specifically, when you look at the hard contact stats, Devers is absolutely insane. Exit velo, hard hit percentage like Christian Walker. Looks like Nick Ahmed when you look at some of the advanced hard contact stats for Devers compared to Christian Walker, and we know Christian Walker can smash it. We know a guy like Eugenio Suarez can smash it, but a guy like Rafael Devers, like no one in baseball outside of like maybe Shohei Ohtani or like a Kyle Schwarber, like Devers is on that very 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 short list of hard, hardest hitting. Players In the sport like I would probably put judge number one. I'll probably put otan number two And then number three, I think is probably rafael devers in terms of just raw power of what you could do with your bat He's an extra base hits machine Which I think you just gotta love like anybody that can do it more than just the home run Like he's also someone double digit extra base hit percentage throughout his major league career He gets the home runs, of course 33 home runs per average On average, per 162 game seasons, with, on average, 43 doubles a year as well. Like, he is just, on average, he's putting up 70 extra base hits a season, which is just a monster number. Him in the middle of your lineup, to pair with a Corbin Carroll, like, Carroll as that dynamic speedster who also has power, of course. And then Devers as that masher behind him. I just love those two as an offensive pairing because I think they would make sweet, sweet offensive music together. And then let's also not forget or downplay the connection that the D-backs already have to a Raphael Devers. Mike Hazen was in Red Sox front office when they signed Devers as a teenager. Toy Lovello did manage Devers for a season, back in 2017 so from the GM perspective the manager perspective they already have a small established relationship with Rafael Devers which should go which could go a long way in terms of trade negotiations right would you rather be a player that goes to a team where you already know the manager and the GM and already have familiarity there would you go to a team with all strangers so I think that is a little nod in the, in the cap of the D-backs if they ever got into a trade bidding war for Rafael Devers. And if you want to talk about the cons against Devers, it's probably the fact that's his large, massive, lucrative contract, and he will likely outgrow third base in his career. In 2024, it will be year one of the Devers contract extension, 10 years, $300 million. There is like $75 million deferred Excuse me. So, I don't know if Devers if he gets traded, if the Red Sox still have to pay that money or if that goes to the new team. But there is 75 million deferred for Rafael Devers. But to be honest, when I look at the contract and the numbers, the number is big, but I'm not worried about it. He's again 27 years old. Is going to be paid until he's about 36, 37 like with his skill set, I'm not worried about Devers. I'm not worried about the Devers' decline. I think with his skill set, he's going to be a power-hitting masher and Albert Pujols type until he's mid-30s. Like I think Devers is always going to be a guy, 800-plus OPS, 30 home runs, until he's 35, 36. Until the wheels fall off, I think Devers is going to be one of the most powerful players in Major League Baseball. So I'm not too worried with how he's going to decline as he gets older. Maybe you're worried that that he's going to maybe outgrow third base. But if he does outgrow third base, throw him over at first base, try him over there, or maybe make him the full-time DH. Like, I don't even think it matters at that point. And also, the D-backs, is not like they have a ton of long-term lucrative contracts on their books. Corbin Carroll is a long-term deal, probably the, best, probably the best value in the sport. Erod is the highest-paid player at $20 million a year. Devers going to be making around $30 million a year when that contract reaches its peak for like the last half of that deal. I don't really care. You don't have a ton of money locked up to future guys. Devers is an elite player. I would pull the trigger. And to be honest, you might not have to give up a lot. Do you have to give up Drew Jones or Jordan Lawler? Maybe, but to be honest, I don't think so. We've already seen the Red Sox trade away a superstar in Mookie Betts. And guess what? All those guys, all the prospects that they liked from that deal, the Verdugos, the Jeter Downs, those guys are already gone. It was a wash of a trade for the Boston Red Sox, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did it again, if they ever traded away a Rafael Devers. So if Devers' frustrations ever grow in Boston, then let's bring him down to sunny Arizona. Now that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, no says.